Today, we are going to continue our series called Amplified. If you've been here, we've been looking at how we can take an element of the Christmas story and amplify it so that um, we get a greater understanding of that element. And today, I want to have a look at this verse here. In Matthew 1.23, the angel is talking to Joseph at this time, and this is what the angel says, talking about something that happened Something that the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah, Matthew repeated and said, Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that's what I want to amplify for you this morning. I want to look at the fact that God is with us. That's what Emmanuel means. And as you can tell, I'm putting out some chairs here because we are going to look at 11 different things that help us to amplify the fact that God is with us. So we've got to get my chairs out before we can begin. And so because I have 11 chairs, I'm going to need 11 people at one at a time, so you don't need to worry about it at the moment, to help me amplify the fact that God is with us. Cool. Now, do I have 11 chairs here? Let's just do a quick count. Now, let's hope that I've counted correctly how many we're doing, and we'll see how that goes. Brilliant. Thank you. So, as, has anybody seen the movie The Sound of Music? Yes. Okay, so The Sound of Music tells you that a good place to start is at the very beginning, a very good place to start. And so we're going to start right at the very, very beginning with Adam and Eve. So in Genesis 3, verse 8, it tells us this. When the cool evening breeze was blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Now, often when we look at this verse, the part of the verse that we focus on is the end bit, which is the fact that Adam and Eve are hiding from God because they've taken the apple and sinned and all that kind of stuff. But the interesting thing I want you to notice today is the fact that they heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. I don't think it's very hard assumption to make that this is saying that God actually did more than once. I don't think this was the first time that God was walking among Adam and Eve in the garden. And the thing is, when God created man, he actually didn't create man and just put him in a garden and say goodbye, see you later, I'm off doing more godly big things. He actually created man because he wanted to be with us. And right from the very beginning, we see God walking in the garden. So the first thing that I need is for someone to come and be my giant boots. Josh, do you want to come up and be the boots? You don't have to put, you can put them on if you really want to, or you can just hold them. But come up here. These, these are Matt's gum boots, which are the biggest boots we have in our house. I think God's footprints may have been bigger. Okay, you can, just, you can just hold them, okay? And I've got a seat so you can sit down if you want to, if you get too tired, but keep on holding the boots, okay? So right from the very beginning, all the way back in Genesis, we see that God wanted to be with us. He was actually walking in the garden. That's why he created mankind, to be with us. So if we jump forward a tiny bit, if we go past Noah, we go past the flood, sorry, Noah, all that kind of stuff, we jump... <laughs> To Abraham, 
Abram at this very point in time. And in Genesis 17, 7, it tells us this. I will confirm my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. From generation to generation, this is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the descendants and of your descendants after you. I just want you to stop and have a think about that. Here you are, a man, being told by the creator of the universe, the almighty one, the holy one, the king of kings, the lord of lords, I could keep on going on, and saying, I want to be your God. And not just your God, but your God and the descendants after you, after, after, after. I want to be with you. It's a bit like when Matt and I got married. This is a picture of when Matt and I got married. Oh, yeah, very nice. When Matt and I got married, one of the things that we did when we got married, I don't think we actually said this, but the act was him saying to me, I will be your husband. And I said to Matt, I will be your wife. We made a promise. We made a covenant between each other as to how our relationship was going to be. And that's what God's doing here with Abram. He's making a promise, a really, really important promise to say, I will be with you, you will be with me. We will have a relationship. So who wants to be the holder of the wedding present, the wedding thing? Any takers? Okay, I'll just put it on the chair if there's no takers. Oh, thanks, Steve. And so then, after, after Moses, the people actually get, end up in Egypt. I mean, after Abraham, not Moses. After Abraham, the people end up in Egypt. And when God leads the people out of Egypt, he says this in Exodus. I will claim you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who has freed you from your oppressors in Egypt. I think you're getting the hint already of what's happening here. God is saying to the Israelite people, I will be your God. You will be my people. And he didn't just even do that and then kept at a distance. There was the cloud that followed them during the day. There was the fire that followed them at night because God wanted to be with mankind. So to remind us of this, we've got, I nearly picked up the wrong thing. We've got a cloud. Okay, Jake, do you want to be the cloud? Come on up. So come be our cloud. So come sit next to Steve. So does anybody remember? We need to see the cloud. Okay, so does anybody remember right at the very beginning what's the first thing that God did in this? He walked with us, and then he, he made a promise, made a covenant. And then he showed himself in the form of a cloud and with a, with a fire. Now, there is a lot of things that happen between these events where God shows himself. I'm just trying to pick some because I didn't want to have 120,000 of them. Um, so these are just picks. So the next one we have is with Moses. So God leads the people out. Fire by night, cloud, oh, fire by day, night, yes, cloud by the day, 
get those two mixed up, and we get to Moses. And with Moses, we get the Ten Commandments. And if you read the chapter about the Ten Commandments, at the very beginning, in Exodus 20, it says this, I am the Lord your God who has rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your saviour, slavery. God identifies himself with his people. He makes it quite clear that his relationship is with them. I am your God. Again, this is the creator of the universe. This is the heavenly being, the almighty one that is awesome and holy. And he says, I want to be with you. Now, the person who wants to hold this one cannot play with it during my message, okay? But, okay, Sam, come on up. Since the Ten Commandments were written on a tablet or tablets, <laughs> I bought my tablet. Oh, well, do you want to hold two? You can hold two tablets. There you go, two tablet holding, two tablet holders. <laughs> and not only did God say, I am, like, in this case, I am the Lord your God, the reason the Ten Commandments were actually given to us is so that we could have a relationship with God, so that we could be with him and he could be with us. That's what the whole Ten Commandments were really about. So from Moses, we're going to jump further down in Exodus to the tabernacle. And this is what it says in Exodus 29. Yes, I will consecrate the tabernacle and the altar, and I will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. Then I will live among the people of Israel and be their gods, and they will know that I am the Lord their God. I am the one who brought them out of the land of Egypt so I could live among them. I am the Lord your God. The number of times that God uses I in this passage in connection with humankind is quite amazing. I will do this. I will do that. I am your God. I will live among you. God wants to be with his people. And those of us who have been on the Thursday morning Bible study, we've been looking at the tabernacle. So the tabernacle is even more... Oh, Malachi, yeah, you have has been even more precious to us. And one of the things that I had forgotten about the tabernacle that I was reminded of this year is that the sacrifices that were given in the tabernacle so that sins could be forgiven and people could have a relationship with God, the fire that burnt that um, sacrifice was actually fire that came down from heaven from God himself. God gave the fire and that was the only fire that could be used to burn up all the sacrifices that were given. So the fire actually came from God himself. So how do we make fire? By lighting matches. So who would like to, okay, did you want to come down? I don't know your name, Zoe, come on down. You can be my fire holding, but try not to light anything on fire, okay? Do you think you can do that? Do you want to go sit next to Sam? I know it's going to be quite a hard, a hard task. So God walked with us back in Adam and Eve. He made a covenant he came by fire and, and clouds. He gave us laws so that we could have a relationship with him. And he actually provided a way for our sins to be forgiven before Jesus, well, not quite, but too technical. Anyway, he gave us fire. <laughs> he gave us fire um, and a way to live among us. And this is how God actually lived among the people of Israel, by the tabernacle, by the holies of holies. That was actually God himself being among his people. We're going to Judges. Now, the book of Judges, they have this thing called the cycle. Okay? And it pretty much goes like this. 
The people praised God and thought God was fantastic and he's awesome and we love God and he's brilliant. And then they forget about God and do their own thing and worship other gods and then they get invaded by someone. Someone comes and takes over them. And then they get really depressed because they're being taken over and things aren't great for them. And then they remember, oh, we've got a God. We should cry out to him. So they cry out to God, say, God, please save us. And God, in his ultimate mercy, comes and saves them and brings, they're called judges, but it's better to think of them as deliverers, someone who comes to deliver on God's behalf the people of Israel. And then people go, yes, God, you're fantastic, you're amazing, we love you, you're awesome, you're awesome, we love you. Oh, we're going to forget about God, we're just going to do our own thing, we're going to follow God. And it goes around and around and around. And if you read the story of the Old Testament, even if you read the story of people's lives today, this is the cycle that people follow. Okay, Catherine, you've been wanting the hula hoop. <laughs> so the hula hoop is to remind us of the cycle that we go through But even within the cycle, God still so wants to be with us that he always answers, always comes through and always sends a deliverer. Does anybody know who this is talking about in Judges? Who God's talking about here? Yeah, Gideon. So this is where Gideon is the judge, the deliverer that gets risen, raised up. And he says this, The Lord says to him, I will be with you and will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. So time and time again, even though the people sinned, even though they talked about turned away from God, even though they worshipped other gods, God still came and saved them and said, I will be with you. Because that is his desire from the beginning of time. Then we go to kings. So I got Daniel and Catherine to make me a couple of crowns. Who would like to, now do you want to be our crown holders? Come on up. Oh, these are really two king crowns because there wasn't just one king, there were many kings. (laughs) Because, you see, God actually thought he was their king. But the Israelites looked around and said, we want to be like everybody else. And because we want to be like everybody else, we want to have a king. So give us a king, give us a king, give us a king. And so this is what God said. Do everything that they say to you, replied the Lord, for they are rejecting me, not you. They do not want me to be their king any longer. You can see that this actually broke God's heart because he wanted to be their king. Because all along, God wants a relationship with his people. Then we get to the prophets. We get to Jonah, we get to Daniel, we get to Jeremiah, we get to Ezekiel, we get to a heap and heap and heap of prophets. And during this time... This is where that cycle continues and within the cycle, God brings a prophet, someone to say, I'm going to speak on God's behalf and you need to turn back to God. God wants you to be with him and him to be with you. They say it again and again and again. In Jeremiah, you will be my people and you will be my God. I will be your God. That's what God's desire is. That's why the prophets came to say, I want our relationship with you. I want our relationship with you. And some people listened and some people didn't. So we've got a microphone. Do you want to come be a microphone? Come on up. This is one that sort of hums a bit when you talk, but it could be broken. Can come hold that next to this one? Okay. So let's just go over it again before we get... What about the thunderstorm? It's okay. It's all, it's all coming. We've got, three, we've got three more to go. 
So, Josh, do you want to stand up and hold up? What, do you remember what you are? Yeah, God walking. Okay, do you want to sit down? Okay, Steve, do you want to stand up? Do you remember what yours is? Fantastic. Okay, Jacob, what's you? Yep. The Ten Commandments. Great, Sam. Do you remember what yours are? Yeah. Wait. Yeah, good work. Okay, what are you, Hanel? I don't know. What are you? What are you wearing? The kings. And do you remember what you are? Do you remember what that is? The prophets. So God bringing people to tell them, I want to be your God again. And then the prophets pretty much continue, 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 continue. And then there's silence. And then Jesus comes. And God, even before Jesus comes, God sends some angels. Thanks to whoever gave me this. Okay, uh, Caleb, do you want to put them on? So God, even before, even before Jesus came, God sent... Daniel, Catherine, can you just be quiet for a minute? Thanks. Even before the angels came, God sent... Even before Jesus came, God sent an angel. And the angel said these words. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And he will be called Manuel, which means God is with us. And as I mentioned before, all the way in the prophets, in the book of Isaiah... That is what Isaiah prophesied. And Jesus is that prophecy coming true. God is with us. And what a more amazing way than to come in the form of a child. God himself. We think of Jesus and God sometimes as separate people. But God, Jesus was actually fully God and fully man both at the same time. Don't ask me how or why because I don't get it, but that's the truth. God came to dwell among us in the form of Jesus. Then, okay, Blake, do you want to come be the next person? Then, the next thing we're going to talk about is the fact that Jesus died. Jesus didn't, even, Jesus didn't just come to be with us and, and live among us. He actually came so that once and for all we could have a relationship with God. So God can be our God, and we can be his people. And when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain was actually ripped in two, the curtain from the tabernacle. So all the way back here in the tabernacle, there was a curtain that meant only some people go, go into the very presence of God. And when Jesus died, the curtain was ripped from the very top to the very bottom as a symbol, as a sign that God is saying, there's no more anything stopping you from coming straight into me. I want to be with you I want you to be with me. So this is our torn curtain. Okay, Blake, do you want to hold up the torn curtain? I didn't actually tear it. I just got two bits of black <laughs> material and pretended they were torn. No, you've already got the fire. But it didn't just end there. When Jesus, the actual form of God physically with us, came, that wasn't the end of it. Because the next thing that happened was the Holy Spirit came. And in John 14, 26, it tells us, this is Jesus talking. When the Father, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and he will remind you of everything I have told you. And in Acts it says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses 
telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. So how do you represent the Holy Spirit? Well, in my mind, we're going to use this. There we go. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't live out there. You might not see it very much, but it's one of those things. I can't remember what it's called. Anyhow, there's electricity inside you, touch it, and it... The Holy Spirit actually lives inside of us. God with us is here and now in each one of us because of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus went back to earth. He sent the Holy Spirit to be within us. Okay, now we're coming up. These are just 11 times of the Bible where God says, I want to be with you. And as I said, in between this and because of this, I could come up with a whole nother 11 many times over to tell us that God wants to be with us. It wasn't just an idea that was created when Jesus came. Right from the very beginning in Genesis, all the way through for Revelations, God is saying the same thing. I want to be with you. I want to be your God and I want you to be my people. Does anybody notice a picture in here that hasn't been shown before? Catherine, you already know the answers. Put your hand down. Caleb. Yeah. This is a picture of us on the church camp. So if you weren't on the church camp, you won't be in this picture. But Emmanuel God with us still happens today. It didn't stop at the end of Revelations. The Holy Spirit lives inside each one of us. And because the Holy Spirit lives inside each one of us, God is saying, I want to be with you, whoever you happen to be. I want to be your God, and I want you to be my people. It's been his desire straight right from the very beginning when he first made man, and it will be his desire to the very end. And the great thing is that we are his representatives. We now are the prophets, the tabernacle, the cloud, the Ten Commandments, the fire. We now are the people that can say, God is with us. God wants to be with you. Do you want to be with God? And until the very, very end, that will always be his desire. I don't expect you to remember the 11 things down here. But what I hope it's done this morning is given you a taste of the bigness of God is with us. That it isn't just at Christmas time, it continues to today. It wasn't just at Christmas time, it continued, well, it backtracked. It, whatever, it went backwards all the way from when man was first created. Man created us in our own, in God's own image because he wanted relationship. And the thing is, if you ever think about it, God walking, making a promise, making a cloud, giving Ten Commandments, fire, even the cycle, even the kings, the prophets, the angels, the, ta- the curtain being torn and the Holy Spirit coming, God is the one who did it. God torn the curtain. God sent Jesus. God sent the prophets. God gave the Ten Commandments. God walked. God gave the clouds. God allowed the kings to happen and even said, hey, go anoint this person as king, like King David and all that kind of stuff. Because God so wants a relationship with us that he has done all he possibly can to have it. He could not do anything more 
because he's done everything, everything possible. And the fantastic thing is where we stand is we can look back and we can say, God actually did all these things. We can look at our own lives and go, boy, I can see how God wanted to be with me. I can see how he led me. I can see the people he put in my life. I can see the way that the Holy Spirit worked and moved in my life so I could be his and he could be mine. That is what Emmanuel God with us is all about. Not a baby coming, but God's ultimate desire, his ultimate plan is to have a relationship. And he did all he could to make that happen. Why don't we just listen to this song? If that's not great news, I really don't know what is. I absolutely love the fact that God did all that he could to be with us. So let's go through this one more time, okay? Josh, you want to stand up? Fantastic. And as I said, I'm sure hopefully each one of us could stand up here and add another thing of a way that God has shown that he has been with us. And so I really do just pray this Christmas that you will remember afresh that God has done everything he possibly could to be with you and that you pass that on to other people, that God wants to be with them. I think it's so sad that people don't know that God wants to be with them because he's done all that he possibly can to make it possible. And that's why Jesus came. Let me just pray. God, I am really just so, so um, grateful that you did all you could so I could know you. I want to thank you, God, that as soon as you made mankind, you wanted to be with us. But you knew that you being holy, that sin couldn't have anything to do with you, God. So even when we stuffed up and we did sin, you still did all that you could to provide ways to be with us. You want to be our God and you want us to be your people, God. And I want to thank you that um, each one of us came to that place of knowing that God. And I want to pray for those who don't know God, those who don't know that you want to be with them, Lord. I pray that something will happen this Christmas time, today, tomorrow, this year, where they will see just how great your love for them is, that you did so much because you wanted to know them. Not those people over there, but them as an individual, God. I want to thank you for the way that you love us, God. And I just really want to pray that each one of us will be people who know you are with us. And because of that, they will give us the freedom to be who you've created us to be and to share you with those that we meet. Amen.